0: Welcome to Don't Forget Your Position, a sports marketing podcast. I am your host Nick Fady, and this is a show about sports marketing if you didn't get from the title. Uh, <laughs> so a little bit about myself, I have studied sports management and marketing. I'm an avid sports fan which isn't too unusual in Melbourne. But obviously my my love for marketing as I consume sports and sporting programs I don't really look like, I, I listen to the journalists point of view and the performance based opinions on on people that discuss sports but I really systematically just look at what's going on in terms of a branding point of view even PR and, and all that sort of stuff So look sport is there is a lot of platforms for these athletes these days to communicate with their fans and it's very important that they do so. Knowing that what they put out there will come back to them if it's if it's not done with the right attitude or the right point of view or right messaging, so it's very important with sport these days. So that's that's really how I'm gonna take take on the topics in this podcast because that's really how I look at a lot of the stories and it's the different point of view. I mean, there was a lot of podcasts out there that look at the performance of of athletes and what's going on on the field um and off the field in terms of of managers and coaches and whatnot so it's just something something a bit different so that's that um every week i'll be discussing maybe three or four of the hottest topics explaining not really explaining too much what's happened i'm going to assume that my listeners know what's what's kind of happened because you know i'll be choosing the hottest topics but i'll be really talking about what it looks you know what what's happened and how that looks in terms of the fans and the sponsors. And just the brand in general. Um, moving forward. What my subjective opinion is. Based on what what has happened. So the, the objectivity in this podcast. Will will probably come more from a point of what's happened on the field. I'm not going to really bag a player. Or, or praise a team or anything like that too much. You know it's just going to be. Well, this has happened then. You know what. This this is what it's going to do for the organisation. In terms of a business branding point of view so yeah that's and then after that we'll, we'll be talking about a specific case study each week I mean this week I'll be speaking about Red Bull you know I'll be speaking about a high flyer in in sports marketing it's a personal opinion it may change each week maybe next week I might discuss something um, a brand that has really um, dropped the ball in their sports marketing but this week it's Red Bull all know Red Bull and, and where it's come from the energy drink and, and how it's pretty much all over sports at the moment um, you see them in motorsport with those F1 teams and, and they've got a couple of football teams in Europe and, and the Americas so yeah um, and I also have my own little top 10 list David Letterman style uh, <laughs> each week the topic will change the list will be entirely my own I will give reasoning based on the selections but I am happy to to get some feedback and and listen to some of your suggestions and maybe cross examine the list. Who knows? I mean, in terms of brand preferencing, it's it's really it's really based on opinion. I mean, you may like Nike, your mate might like Adidas. It doesn't matter who's really the better um, brand in terms of finances. But at the end of the day, it's your own personal preference. So that's that's something which I'm going to hold myself accountable in this in this podcast. I'm gonna. I going to say, look, this is my opinion, and you know, if if you like it, that's great. But I'm happy to hear what yours is as well. So that's something to keep in mind. And obviously, there will be some questions at the end of each. Other, if we get questions, if I get questions, I mean, I got a, I got an Instagram, and I got a Twitter. I'll talk about that at the end of the show. If you, I am filming, I am not filming. I am recording this on Anchor. So if you do have Anchor, you are able to leave a personalized message. I believe so. We can get into that at the end of the show as well. Today will be a a shorter show, you know, I'm still trying to figure out this whole podcast game. So, I mean, it's it's pretty lighthearted, this podcast. I mean, the the microphone isn't great, but uh, that will get better. <laughs> I may say I'm a lot. That will be reduced. <laughs> and, yeah, I might have some guests. I will try my best to get some good guests on the show so we can get some opinions, some professional opinions and anecdotes, if you will, moving forward. So that's that's the premise of the show my audience look if if you have a if you have a keen eye on sports and, and marketing you know this is a this is a podcast for you if you're studying still studying and not sure about what's going on in the marketplace too much maybe this can help you maybe this can create some good discussion points for your lectures maybe you can hit me up through my my socials as well and and we can discuss what's being talked about in your in your lectures I mean and we can we can have an open forum and I can provide some light on based on what I think anyway. So yeah, that that's the that's the show at the moment. I mean, I'll I'll get stuck into the the case studies and 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 the topics and the top 10 list today, but it will be a shorter episode. Um yeah, so one thing I want to point out before I get started is obviously a lot of the things I'll be talking about, you know, it might be directed it will be directed by Covid. Uh sport is back, that's great, and it and it's doing well at the moment from what I can see. Um, it's a great distraction, and and uh, the way it's been marketed in in some of these companies. I mean, <laughs> you look at the UFC, the NBA, the NBA bubble. That's a couple of my topics today. Look at how they've marketed themselves in these in these weird times, unique times, and what does that mean going forward? How are the fans looking at these sort of um, marketing e- and advertising efforts, and what does this mean? What can they do going forward? Does does this open up the doors for? For for different sorts of campaigns or ways to get in touch with their fans or way to uh, produce their product, we'll we'll see. So that aspect of this of this podcast will be my subjective opinion. So yes, let's let's get stuck into it for the first week, the first podcast of. Don't forget your position. A little play on words there, sports and marketing. If you haven't realized already. So yeah, uh, the first thing I wanted to have a chat about was was a whole saga surrounding UEFA and Manchester City. Obviously UEFA have their fair uh, fair play rules in place and they've had for a while now but it looked it looked as though Manchester City breached breached those rules early in the year and UEFA they 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 issued a 2-year ban for Manchester City on the Champions League. 2 for 2 whole campaigns Manchester City weren't allowed to partake in the Champions League which which was a big big blow for the club um Obviously, with, with so much money invested into that organization, you can you can really see what what they've done with those funds. And it, on and off the pitch, I mean, something about Manchester City, look what they've done in terms of a market standpoint w- with Melbourne City and New York City FC, Yokohama as well. Um, they've just really reinvented themselves, which is good. I mean, not everyone has has the best cards to play, but they obviously got a bit lucky there with with a takeover, some 10, 10 and a bit, maybe 15 years ago, a bit less. But they've really gone out and they've made it work for themselves. They've, they're winning trophies and they're, they're gaining fan bases all over the world. They're, they've really reinvented themselves. Um, when I was younger, I mean, losing to as an Arsenal fan, losing to Manchester City, I remember once, I was a bit embarrassed because they, they were really a team st- struggling um, for relegation and they didn't have many fans in Australia anyway. So I don't know about over there. I hear they are the Manchester... They, they should be the, the proper Manchester club Um, in terms of where they're situated and, and all of that. But Manchester United, obviously, they're big brother for so long. And, and look what Manchester City have been able to do. So hats off to them in in that regard. But yeah, the, this was... Uh, it wasn't a shock initially. If, if it was going to happen to a club, you know, Manchester City kind of out of nowhere having all these players and whatnot. It, it was always going to be... Them or maybe PSG, but yeah, it wasn't a shock. And and to be honest, looking at it as a fan, and 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 keeping in mind in in Europe, that a lot of these people here, um, over there, they they really care about football, soccer, um, and and they, you know, they live for the sport. So it it was would have been a breath of fresh air for them, all around the the continent, and the leagues over there, to see that UEFA would. You know, putting down the hammer, or 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 stamping their authority, so so to speak. So yeah, so that that was that was initially what happened, and now it's it's been overturned. So to be honest, uh, personally, I, I've lost a little bit of trust with with the UEFA And If they've got to really come out and say something, then they're withholding the information. As far as I can see, I mean, I can't really go into the legal terms of what's happened, and. And I'm not gonna really dissect it like they do on ESPNFC and shows like that. But from what I can see or what I what I can tell from my my own opinion is there will be a, a disconnect between fans and UEFA after maybe there would have been a bridge of of this gap early in the year when they issued the in the when they issued the breach. So and it's really hard for UEFA to kind of steer steer away from that stigma that FIFA as an entity have. You know, we we all hear about FIFA and the bribery allegations. That's no secret. We we hear it in mainstream mainstream shows all the time. So yeah, it's 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 a pity that it, that it's happened, that it's happened like this uh, abruptly. Uh, in terms of Manchester City, I mean, their fans will be over the moon, but every, everyone else will probably look. I don't know how how it will go down. I mean. We'll, Personally, it's it's just like you know what. There's nothing that can be done anymore. It's the clubs will will continue to be taken over, and and the rules will be there, but there's always going to be ways around it. So that's where the importance of a culture really comes in, surrounding the the organisation and the governing body. It, it feels like the really they UEFA really isn't sticking to to what it set out to do, and it's its core mission statement is I will read it straight off of the. The websites to promote and protect and develop European football at every level of the game to promote the principles of unity and solidarity and to deal with questions relating to European football, which is, which is nice, nice little phrase. But when it's all said and done, um, and something like this happens, there's a clear breach. Uh, There's a clear dishonesty somewhere in there. I mean, something hasn't gone right. People are going to feel. Disloyal to the game, not to the game, but but to the whole idea of modern football, which you know you can see a lot of fans are it, have struggled over the years to, to 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 get on board with. And over the last ten years, there's really been a bit of a shift in terms of acceptance of what it is and, and all that kind of all, all that jazz. But um, after something like this, it, it's really hard to see, especially with with everything that's happened with katarge in the World Cup. So I mean. So, you know, some sometimes things, some sometimes things really go go right in terms of of the fans. Look look at the the, the Nations Cup, um the League of Nations. Sorry that UEFA have have put on last uh, the last couple of years something extra for the for the Euro Championships and that would have been great. That would have been a great product this year. They would have they were marketing it really well. It was, it was really bright and you know twenty twenty. Uh, just the fact that they're gonna have games all over the the continent. uh it was just, it was going to be a spectacle. Uh, let's not dwell on, on that. So, yeah, it would have been a great tournament and there's a lot going on in that space, but we will see. We will see as the, as the year concludes and the new one begins in the European Football Calendar. Um, on that, I wanted to cross the sea and... What sea was it? What sea is between... I think it's the Atlantic. Is it the Atlantic? Okay, let's cross the Atlantic to the NBA, to America. Um it's, there is going to be a bubble for the rest of the the season And then obviously the playoffs, a bit of a different format Looking at the pictures from the NBA bubble Looks like everything is, is going as planned And the players seem quite happy I mean, some of them aren't really happy with some of the food And some of the things that are in the room Or how big the rooms are From what I can see on Twitter and Instagram and all that, but the majority of the players are really getting stuck into it and taking this season seriously, which is good to see from a fan's point of view. The fact that the NBA were working towards this for so long, and they had a they they really took their time. Actually, they took their time in the good sense in a good sense of the word. So they really planned out what they were going to do. They wanted to figure out where they were going to have this tournament or or this bubble idea or what the bubble idea would even look like. And it's really played out really well. Eagerly awaiting the the start of the the restart of the season in in a, in a week and a bit time. So that that will be really fun to watch. So yeah, the, the fans, no doubt, no doubt, the fans will really appreciate what the NBA has done. They've really really tried hard to to keep this season alive. To be honest, they they could have really easily, maybe not from the get go. Scrapped the season But After a couple of months With all these uncertainties Especially in America And New York Especially uh, And now in Florida Where the bubble Actually will be held uh, They could have They could have just So easily not on ahead With this season And then, you know People are already Talking about asterisks and, and all that Associated with Whoever wins this chip So Yeah they had every reason To To, to figure out An excuse to, to scrap it all But they didn't which Which I think Straight away would you know went down really well with the fans so definitely not complaining here i'm not sure anybody any any ball fans would be complaining so yeah, it's good to see um and yeah i wanted to also just chat about what this may do after after the bubble i mean if it's a success what is that what can that lead to i mean early in in the year they were discussing changes to the league and not changes to the league but more providing more incentive to play you know with such a long season and then a you know pretty long pre-season they were discussing having a preseason tournament, I think it was or some, something extra for the players. I mean we can go into that if, if, that's, if that's a hot topic uh, in the next few months, but this this may open up some doors for the NBA to really revolutionize their league. I mean they're always looking to to change it up a little bit and you know th- this will really show not just fans or or the TVs or, or the sponsors or the media you know what they can really do. Under pressure and with limited resources, but it can really show how the the game can be not changed, but what the product can be brought brought to consumers in di- in different ways. So who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. So that I believe NBA the NBA have really handled the, the bubble really well. I mean, yeah, it's really great to see. Maybe the players that aren't really happy with with what's going on inside the bubble in terms of of the food choices um maybe that's a little bit too much they should really stand back a little bit in terms of what they're posting <laughs> just for PR reasons because you know we 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 as fans really want to see everyone having a good time and wanting to be there i mean there's other issues obviously that's going on and that's give some some players a reason not to not to go which is fair enough and but yeah for them for some players not to be wearing masks that, those sorts of things it's, it's just kind of like we you know we as fans, we want to see you guys doing the right thing, and and if we understand that they're not going to play their best, let's be honest. I mean, they might be fit in terms of of they may have been doing cardio every day. You can see James Harden um, has has lost some some weight, which which was uh- w- which may be good for him. You know, being criticised for certain things, um, and maybe he. He's even better at shooting, so these sorts of things might come into play. But in terms of real match, real match fitness, who knows? So we, we know the product won't be the same, the performances won't be what we're used to. But we're, we're keen to see what's happening. So we would like to see the players continue to show excitement as well. So that's I, I believe that the majority of the players have, have really done that. No doubt that the staff that's put everything together, and, and even the league from the commissioner, commissioner sorry Adam Silver, from everyone else in the media. They've really they've really created a lot of excitement for the NBA, which, like, a, like a, I'm going to say again, uh, it, it didn't have to be. It didn't have to be this exciting, to be honest. I mean, it could have been wrapped up, and especially with such a long season, they could have looked forward to the next season and, and start that in a couple months and built built for that. Um, all this time could have been going into it, starting that up um, at 100%. So they've done well, and the fans 100% will be appreciative of that. Yeah, so... Uh, staying with the NBA bubble just for a couple more minutes, it's it's definitely worth mentioning that the NBA have done a tremendous job, not only putting on this this spectacle um, and and restarting the league in such a organised fashion and unique fashion, um, but they've also taken on on board uh, you know dealing with this social justice issue that that we're seeing in the world uh, as well, and and really allowing their athletes to to use their platforms and and speak up, which which is definitely. A good thing uh, With all the media attention that, That's coming to the NBA Because of the bubble it, It's good to see that You know For instance They're going to have The players are going to have Some uh, phrases On the back of their jerseys So that's That's just a, a nice little Added feature too To really To really show Show the world You know You know There is a bigger issue Out there Along with COVID There's a social justice issue And, and they're really going to 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 make sure that They get that message aco- Across So yeah, it's going to be good to see. I'm excited for the bubble and I'm excited where it's going to go, how they're going to take take on <laughs> the the whole aspect of playing in front of an empty set of seats. I mean, you know, it, it is a basketball game, so it may be nice to hear the squeaking of the sneakers. You know, we've all been to our local games and then we, we it would be nice to, to watch a, a professional game on TV with, you know, Feeling that close to the f- to the actual players, so we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, it's coming up in in a week and a half or something like that, I believe, on the thirty first. So we'll see how that goes. So it's good to see the NBA really allowing their athletes to to be included in these campaigns and really aligning themselves with with the big causes in the world, uh, which which is great for any organization to do, and it's obviously something that that they really feel passionate about. And they've yeah they've they've worked worked with athletes so that's it's a very good thing to do in in terms of an organization in general but a sporting organization like I said where there's two way communications through social media and and all of that it, it's very it's paramount paramount sorry and and they've done a tremendously a tremendously good job so yes moving on to another company another organization that have really tried their hardest to to put on to try to keep everything as as normal as it can be if that's even a, a thing at the moment during this whole pandemic pandemic situation is UFC so Dana White obviously in particular he's he's he was the first really he was the first figure or first leader uh so to say to to face the music and and really Discuss his plans and uh, openly to, to all the the media outlets and even the critics, the critics. So he he took a lot of criticism at the start, and he handled himself beautifully. He's a realist, but he's also got you know a firm eye on on what he wants to do, and and you know he's reaching for the stars and all that kind of stuff. But it showed, you know, he's revolutionized combat sports um, through the UFC, and and he's and he always wanted to just put on a, a show for his for his fans, give give his consumers what they want. Um, a near perfect product and he's he's really strived for for you know to to do his best in, in this situation and, and he has, you know, he's put on a couple of really good events so far with, with his American athletes and now look he's he, he knows, he knows he needed to get his his international fighters involved, which which is fair enough. And and he's gone ahead and he's made it happen. He's he's in Abu Dhabi now and just the fact he's in Abu Dhabi and he's got a fight island uh, he's got a fighting island <laughs> for his events for his product i mean that that just says says everything in terms of what what they want to do for their fans i mean yeah obviously there's there's money to be made but at the end of the day it's a massive risk it's a massive risk and, and he could he could lose a lot of money and he could lose a lot of respect from from fans if this if if all this didn't really go down well if if all the fighters did get uh, for, you know touch wood if they did if the the pandemic did go somehow into the island, I don't know. But they've, by the sounds of it, listening to interviews that he's had, he it, it sounds like he's done a really good job making sure that all those protocols are even in place. So just, just the mere fact the, the fact he's 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 put so much effort into it. Obviously, not just him, but his whole team really has has shown why why UFC has come such a long way. And personally, I am a big boxing fan, so. You know, I, I'll look at this, and I know there's some boxing events coming up. I mean, Horn's going to be fighting Costasu's son, um, which will be great to see as well in, in a couple of months, I believe, le- less. So, but just just to to see the UFC doing what they're doing, it's 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 crazy. So this will go down really well, um, and people will look back at this and and use Dana White as an example, um, who, who really, not not so much as a Maverick, but more as a champion in this case. More someone that, that led the way, a pioneer, if you will. I mean, he's been like that his whole his whole career. Sorry about that, but um, yeah, he's it's it's gonna really go down well for him, I believe. Anyway, and and even if if there are a couple hiccups along the way, that that brand is stronger than ever, the UFC. So no no doubt, it's it's gonna skyrocket in terms of of what it's worth, and the fan bases will continue, whether you like whether you think it's it's too. Too dangerous, um, to, to have in your household or not? I mean, it's obviously something which will that hasn't gone down with a lot of, with, with a a few segments. If you want to talk in marketing terms, you know, you know, for instance, mothers probably wouldn't want their children watching it too much. But hey, look, it, it's a massive, it, it's massive in that in that area. I mean, teenage teenage boys love the sport. They're, they're probably the one of the biggest target markets and th- they've done it in such a way which look it is a very dangerous sport but at the end of the day look at the stories that come out of it they highlight their, their athletes in such a way to make it just inspirational you know um, which, which I think boxing is lacking a little bit these days I mean they've got some crazy Crazy warriors. I mean, they got some really good fights, really good stories. Obviously, you need know, you watch all the movies, <laughs> the boxing movies. But you feel like there's it's just too much about the money with boxing. You can just tell with all the different belts and all the different organizations. It gets confusing to keep up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I love the sport of boxing. But it's just when you see UFC putting on something like this, I mean, it's yeah, hats off to them and hats off to Dana White. So he's yeah, he he's a he's a marketer at heart, I believe. <laughs> um, you know, and, and everyone associated with with the UFC you know even Joe Rogan's um all these types of people they've they've really come together it's a good culture that they've got there so yeah hats off to them with that one yeah so moving on to the case study or the high flyer for this week of uh chosen Red Bull this this will be more of an introductionary segment or introduction to the segment going forward I just wanted to set set the precedent on on what will happen what will occur in this segment going forward so i wanted to discuss a little bit about red bull i know that you know in my own studies in in marketing i did a couple i think i did a couple couple essays couple projects on red bull and and their sports marketing so i know it's a good topic so anyone out there still studying in, in sports marketing or even just marketing red bull is definitely a company to to maybe do your next project on, or just even research, just for your own own benefit, it's, it's really nice to really see their story, I mean, we all know the drink, you know, it gets you up and about, I mean, they've got a, a no sugar, low sugar version, and, and different flavours, but the original is, is probably the best, and, and it does really give you a bit of a caffeine rush, but it's, it's not the best for you, if you drink too much of it, obviously, everything in moderation, but it's another story, so... Yeah, we can talk about the product all day long. Um, Austrian and and Thai businessmen entrepreneurs really started this company, and and they set out in, into America. That's probably their biggest break. Um, they they distribute other things like other colas and even herbal beverages and and wines and whatnot. So obviously having that that Thai affiliation, that eastern <laughs> eastern world market there to to satisfy. But when they went into America, they really focused on. On targeting the young extreme sports athletes, um, you know the hip athletes that all the kids were raving about back then, um, and yeah, really focusing on making these sorts of athletes the face. You know, they had some surfers and and BMX riders um, as as the face of the companies, and, and and they they actually used viral marketing really well back then as well. Um, you know, these days it's 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 probably the the thing uh, it's probably the area you want to be if, if you're a, a similar company so you know you used to get online and, and make something viral but they were really one of the the first to do it so well so and they just knew you to target they knew the audience they 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 like i said earlier they used the right athletes or the right spokespeople spoke yeah so <laughs> it, it was good to see and what they did do i wanted to point out is just as a company they um and tying it into sports they created their own blue ocean strategy so they really created their own market so to speak you know before there were any other competitors they really owned that so you see other energy drinks coming into it now with, with monster as well going into that down a similar path but it was really red bull it was the first there so they they had a hundred percent of of the market at that stage just with what they've done and and it was just from that from then on it was it was step by step conquering different sports you know they they Took over the uh, an F one team, Formula One team, and they won four championships there with Seb Vettel. So, and we had our own Mark Webber there. So, even that gained exposure down here in Australia. So, all over the world, you know, just showing that, just having that name, the Red Bull name everywhere, you know, at Grand Prix and at their Red Bull Air Air Races and these sorts of things really helped them build their brand. So, it was good to see. And and now that they're venturing into other sports, just all, every single sport you can think of these days, you know, ice hockey. Um, even as well, so it's really good to see. Um, and like in you know, a motorsport all over. It, you know, not not just F ones, but with our V eights as well. in the supercars and the, the rally cars, MotoGP, I believe as well. So yeah, and like I said earlier in the show, they they're going into that esports space, which is going to be. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to sound like a Notre Dame or anything because we can see it today. I mean, esports is the next big thing. You can win money from that sort of stuff, you know, these days. And even when you play FIFA or NBA Two K or anything, and you see the sponsors in the game, you, you can see that even those sorts of marketing, you know, they, these companies must have paid big bucks for that. So, yeah, Red Bull have really, have really done it well. Just, just from where where they began and and how they entered the American market and how they they saw an opportunity, they saw an opportunity with extreme sports and viral marketing at, at the time. That I mean, they they were just Right place, right time. Maybe um, you can, you can definitely look into this this case study a little bit more. You know, research Red Bull and research how they made that that jump. It was a progressive, not, not really a jump, but it was more of a pro- progressive um series of events for, that led them into the the extreme sports um and then going into mainstream sports. So and you can see the football teams. Sorry, I forgot to mention they've got football teams all over the the globe, not just in Europe, but but America now too. Um. And no doubt they'll they'll continue to do so. So I'll, I won't be surprised if I see one of our sporting clubs, or maybe the A League, who knows? Maybe they need the money, um, even have a a Red Bull team one day. So yeah, hats off to to Red Bull. I mean, this was yeah just a bit of an introductory um, to the segment. So so it's it's pretty much uh, my my personal favorite at the moment um, as as an example of, of a great sports marketing story. So yeah, check out Red Bull um you know support their teams if 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 you want to drink their drink but at the end of the day we can just sit back and really appreciate what they've done as a as a company going into sports and and creating their own market that that so many are now trying to copy and 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 be the next red bull so it, that's a that's my example for the day for the week as we move on Yep, and with that, we move towards the end of the show. But before we conclude uh, proceedings today, I would like to fit in my list that I promised earlier. So today, the list, um, the topic is most impressive sporting brand turnarounds since 2000. Um, this is it may sound a bit random, but it's pretty much the best examples that, that I can think of Um, in terms of a sporting brand um. Turning themselves around in in eyes of their fans and just the wider public, so sponsors, everything, just mainly the look and feel of it. Um, just a pretty basic one this week. I'll, I won't go too much into it this week. Uh, maybe later we can we can flesh out the what well, what well, you know we can flesh out the picks into more detail as we go along. But this week I'll just start off at number ten. Number ten um, most impressive sporting brand turnaround since two thousands is Australian Open. So for me, obviously being in Melbourne every year, living in Melbourne, but being there um during this time for me it's definitely one of the best times a year. Um and and it's pretty much always has been. So I've always loved Australian Open, but you can see it in terms of that just the buzz it creates around town and how that has developed over the years is certain has certainly changed. It's certainly grown and you can see with how many people attend the event each year they break their own records and they're generating so much revenue, um, because of all that that, you know, y- you can see that they're they're doing upgrades every year. So is it more is it from an increase in tax money? I don't know, but they they've definitely come a long way. Just and yeah, like I said before, that the look and feel of the tournament is just it's such a it's just a breath of fresh air, isn't it? It's just nice to it's just a nice time of year, and and just the colours and everything. It just all comes together really be- beautifully, and they make it very easy for for people to watch the matches. I mean, there's so many matches and so much going on that. There's AO live radio. Um, the app is is brilliant. So, and and they're they're always not all year round, but you can kind of you can feel the Australian Open. Um for some of the months leading up to it, which is great. They've really got a nice schedule in terms of their marketing. You can feel that it's coming. It doesn't really come out of nowhere um, as I lose breath. Um, yeah, it doesn't really come out of nowhere like certain certain events. So that that's good. That That's where I wanted to start this, this list today. Um, number nine is the MLS, the Major League Soccer. Major League Soccer. It's weird how they say it. But Major League Soccer, um, as an A-League fan, obviously... Um, I am pretty envious of the MLS. I mean, it, it's it's a country which soccer isn't really num- their number one at all. It's, it's probably their fourth or fifth. The, I think it's maybe their fourth now. But for a long time, it was really, you know, it was, it was overshadowed. It, you can even see it these days. The sport gets mocked by a lot of their TV shows. Just, just personally, I, have, I see it all the time. But they've got a a massive um fan base. They actually do, and and the games are really fun to watch. They've got a a nice um they've got good skill level to be honest. yeah, you know, I, I believe that it's really improved. But in terms of that, just forgetting about on field display, the the product is definitely it's definitely gotten so much better over the years. I mean there's twenty six teams now um all over the country. David Beckham's new team into Miami looking looking good, but you can just see with Atlanta United Five hundred million dollars US dollars that they are worth, so that just really doesn't come about from nothing. And this was a league which was in shambles at the turn of the century, pretty much. They wanted, they they created the league um, off the back of a promise to to FIFA um, whilst they were bidding for the ninety four World Cup. So that they've really stuck to that promise, and they've they've again, like I said earlier, with um, with the NBA bubble, they they really tried to 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 keep everything going, and and it's really paid off. So. Yeah, I recommend you know tuning into the MLS whenever you can. I mean, they stick to their typical American format of two di- two conferences and all that kind of stuff, and but but they make it work, which, which is good to see. So that's that's number nine. Moving on to number eight, um, I actually have the Rugby World Cup, the Rugby Union World Cup, um, at number eight. So look, growing up in Melbourne, as uh, you know, especially I I really. You know, I will tune in with the world, for the World Cup every now and then. I mean, the world is always up there, so it was nice to see. But, you know, it wasn't really much buzz surrounding, you know, the, the game in general. But but now over the last couple of campaigns, I've found myself watching it even more. And that's directly because of, of how they market the product and, and how, you know, they're not really trying to be like the FIFA World Cup or the Cricket World Cup or anything like that. But they are really, they've got their own personality taught to the tournament. And and the way that they interact with their fans, it's it's great to see. So they've got they've got tiny um, countries like Samara and Tonga and, and Fiji, you know, competing. So it, it's it's different. It's a different type of of tournament. So you can't ask too much for them, but they deliver. And uh, you know, even you know, I'm I'm waiting for the next one to start in you know, three years. But you know, it will be. No, I'm definitely going to watch even more even more matches. So rugby World Cup as a as a Melbourneian, I have as number eight. So that's, um, yeah, that's my pick there. Uh, number seven, I have Team Canada. I mean, this is very broad, um, and it is a bit of a random one, but if you look at the way Team Canada just market themselves throughout their different sports that they compete in, it's it's really... I don't know. It just you feel you feel like you are a part of the team. You, I mean, you know, you support Australia through everything. But whenever you see Canada playing, it's kind of like you want them to win. I don't know. Maybe it's because the people are nice, but you know, if you have a look at some of, if you have a look at the different um, sporting teams that they have, they're, they're all kind of connected in a way. They've all got some sort sort of solidarity in in their clubs in the way that they. They produce their product, um, and just not even never being to Canada myself, you can just see how how strong the brand is. Then, being the you know the baby brother of Team Team USA and, and being in their shadow, you can just appreciate Team Canada for what it is. So that's a bit of a a random one, but that's that's my number seven pick. Um, number six is AFLW. AFLW, obviously, we we've seen how good AFLW has been. In the few seasons that it's that it's been around, um, and that you know it came off a lot of hard work too, you know, it was a lot, um, you know, we knew it was coming and and we were getting pumped up for it, and they did the AFL did really well to to provide us, you know, really nice product, um, from the get go, not really putting too many teams in at the start, which is always a good thing. Um, because they've built from that and now you're seeing every year the teams increasing and, and I think it's 14 now so it's going to be pretty much 18 very soon because all, all the teams they want to have a A4W team in it so the reason why it's not higher you know it it, it, it definitely it can be high, and the reason why it's not high is because it's still very early and I know it's not just, um, it's not going to go away, and, and I hope it doesn't, but I feel like it's it's still in the preliminary stages, because we saw with the A-League, which is not on this list, <laughs> the A-League had very, you know, it had a lot of hype at the start, and, and now the A-League, for me, I think it's it's not, you know, in terms of a a product, um, it, it's not really, it's, it's not really doing well, in my honest opinion, so... I don't want the AFLW to do that, and I don't think it will actually, I think it's going to keep getting stronger and stronger, but it's, it's probably too early to judge at this stage, which is probably why I have it at number 6, Um, yeah, so uh, moving on to that, um, on the back of pretty much what I just said, I have the NBL at number 5, Um, NBL has been on for such a long time, and it's really been a roller coaster. I mean, before I went to matches when I was younger, before before I was born, it was it was really big in this country, I believe. Um, just seeing old tapes and and everything like that. There was a lot of different teams. Um, and then it it kind of struggled. Um, and then I, I used to go to I used to go to the NBL a lot when I was really small. Victoria Titans, and and that was really nice. It was a really nice product. Really nice league, um, the way it really communicated with its fans. It, it was great. It was a great event, great event to go to, which, you know, just, just being there, it's, the atmosphere was amazing. And you could, and even watching it on TV and listening to all the different shows I had at the time. Um, that had, I remember they used to have NBL vans going around to different shopping centers in different parts of Melbourne, um, you know, having association with a lot of radio shows. They were all over the place, out-of-home marketing. They were really big on that and then they kind of fell away and went into a bit of bankruptcy in the, in the late tells and tens. Um but what they did was they took a step back, they brought the teams down, um, I think it was back to eight and um they really rebranded themselves, you can see in the logo. Um, just, just by looking at it and just everything about it. They really they went back to the, they went back to basics like they did you know, a couple decades ago and now they're stronger than ever and, and I'm a I go to Southeast Melbourne matches and you can really see the buzz and in, in the second Melbourne team, let alone the first Melbourne team, um you can see the buzz when you go to those matches and 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 all that. So now they've got a Tasmanian team which is a massive step. So the NBL have done really well and I think that's where the AFLW is gonna be. Um, that's why I got the MBL at number five, just because they've been around a bit longer. But then again, saying that it, it it's only been a, a few years since they've had this massive turnaround, so we shall see. We'll sh- we shall see um, how how they go. Yes, and moving on to the top four of this riveting list <laughs> that I've that I have. Um, so yeah, number four is the UFC, actually. Um... I have the UFC at number four. I mean I spoke about it earlier and I did highlight why I think it's such a great example of a of a of a benchmark sports marketing company, entity organization, whatever you want to call it. But um when, when one thing I can I can say about the UFC, one word to to sum it up, um but when I think about it anyway is 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 tidiness. It's it's a tidy company, it's a tidy brand, it's it's all there. There's there's no messing about, you can just feel that it's it's all that everyone working within that organization is together and really have are on the same page one direction really know where they're going with things and you don't really hear too much um too many bad things coming out of that company i mean if you do you ever hear about a a steroid allegation or anything like that you know it, it does get um dealt with pretty quickly and in the right fashion so and and you don't really hear about things like you may hear about, like in boxing, I mean, it sounds like I'm bagging boxing, but I, I love boxing, the, the sport. Um, but you, you hear things like, um, and it's evident sometimes. Uh, you, you hear some not bribery allegations, but match fixing. These sorts of things do come up a lot, and it's just the way the sport is. You know, it's got such a long history, but UFC's fresh, and over the, you know, the last couple of decades, it's really come a long way. And even for someone that doesn't really, you know. I'm really passionate about the sport itself. UFC, um, mixed martial arts. I I do prefer boxing, but I, I do find myself watching UFC more and more, and especially with this fight island, it, it's it's great to see. Um, and be watching the next one, be watching the highlights of, of 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 the fights. Um, and and really getting getting into it a little bit more. So, yeah, that's why I have UFC at number four. Um, of my of my great list. Yeah, number three, I have the Big Bash, the Big Bash League. That has really come a very long way. Talk about powerhouses in sports marketing. The Big Bash League, um, 2011, 2012, was it? around that time. So it was around that time where it, it came into play. Um, and it's really just gone from from strength to strength. I I did I did a actual um little internship during my undergrad at, at a sport marketing company where the the major client or the the project I was working on anyway was was solely Based on the Big Bash League, and that was during its second season, um, second or third season. And I really saw, you know, I really saw the 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 back end of a lot of things that went into the marketing of this product, and and how they they use the the colours of each team in such a way. They the um, just the whole aspect of it, the whole event planning of it. I mean, one of the things I was doing was was taking calls for for people at the events, and I can even just hear the excitement in their voices. Um and how it ties into just the whole, the whole culture of Australian sport is beautifully even though it was based a lot on, on the MLB in and the baseball culture as well that was one of the, um, the things that they based the league on and 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 everything about it and but they've really turned it into a, a sporting icon in Australia and it's not just a fade um a fade or a fade sorry um it's not just a phase which I. Had some suspicions about at the very start. Um Not the biggest cricket fan, so I've I've liked um, twenty twenty a little bit more. Um I can get into it a little bit more, but I thought the league might just come and go pretty fast. Um But you yeah, know, it's really it's really stepped all over other other leagues that that happened in in summer, like the A League. You know, unfortunately, I I, I love my soccer, I love my football, but um, yeah, the, the big bash, to be honest, has really. You know, it's outperformed the A-League in, in the last few years. And I don't see it turning around anytime soon. Um, just the whole fun aspect of it, it. It it feels like it doesn't try so hard to connect with fans. As you can see with the, with the small kids with the buckets of KFC on their faces. Just that aspect, that whole family-friendly aspect of it. Um... I don't know what you're going to say about soccer being, you know, having a bit of a stigma around it. But, you know, you see you see it every day at the cricket as well. When if you go to a test match, there might be some shenanigans going on. But the big back bash league, so have really stamped that out as well from a PR point of view. So, yeah, hats off to the the big bash. And let's hope it continues, um, you know, t- to get stronger and stronger. Um, number two, number two, I'm going to give to Red Bull. I mean, I didn't want to end up Red Bull number one. No, that's not, that's not it. I... I, I, I really believe the number one spot Israel deserved. But Red Bull number two um definitely deserves to be there because yeah, like I said earlier, I spoke about it for a little bit. It's it's come a long way and it's the, the brand itself not having anything to do with sport, look what it's done. Uh you, you can't you can't turn on a sport sporting program these days without seeing Red Bull, whether it's a team, um or or just sponsorship just somehow being there. Um amidst with everything, so yeah, Red bull number two for me number one, number one, do we have a drum roll? let's go without the drum roll, but number one, the women's FIFA World Cup, ah, uh, yeah, so you know what it, it's more of a tie between the the women's world Cup and the Matilda's because um let's face it over the f- last few years, everything that we do see regarding the women's world cup it's been very very associated with the matildas and that's that's a big part of it as well the way the matildas maybe their on-field um performances has has helped a lot here but the fact that they've really come a long way um in terms of their omni-channel marketing through certain um through all different types of platforms um for just the world cup it's, itself but just even matilda's games i mean it's it's all over the place every time you hear about Um, Every every time Matildas have a new game, we are hearing about it, which is great. I mean, when I was younger, that was not the case, to be honest. The first game I really heard about was listening to SCN and and overhearing a penalty shootout at the Asian Cup. And this was way back in 2005, I believe, or 6. And then from then, from pretty much after this decade, 2010, it really went from strength to strength. As in Matilda's got a little bit better, and um, so from an Australian point of view, the Women's World Cup has gotten bigger every year. And I do know, though, saying that that the World Cup has been criticised in terms of its marketing efforts, especially in America, the team that, that wins are pretty much every year, um, every every campaign. But personally, I I feel like in in Australia they've done a, a really great job, and they haven't re- they haven't. Fall into the trap of like the A League have done, to be honest, of 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 on on the back of the men's team. They haven't. They've given the the women's team its own identity, which is great with everything that's going on, um, with that movement as well. So they they've really leveraged their athletes to to a point where they are you know look being looked at as as icons and heroes, um, you know, to children playing football all, all over the country, which is great. I mean, going into rebel sport, I see Sam Kerr's face all over the shop and when I mean all over the shop I mean it's everywhere which you know it's great to see so the Matildas have come a long way uh, hopefully they can they can get up in the next one I'm not this this <laughs> decision was not influenced by the fact that we have won the World Cup uh, hosting rights with New Zealand um, for the next campaign I I I that came to my mind after I I actually wrote this down this list down. Um, so yeah, that's that's another added bonus. I mean, that just shows how well the Matildas have marketed themselves and 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 the New Zealand women's team as well. Um, football has just gone from strength to strength, you know, in terms of the women's game. Um, and yeah, it, it's a pity that I haven't put the the W League on this because I I feel like the the quality in the game is is really really strong. As you see, some of our players like Catley going to Arsenal now. You see, our players going overseas a lot more, um, but I feel like the, the the FFA have fallen into a trap with the domestic game of 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 copying other leagues around the world too much, copying the wrong the wrong leagues, and the A League has really you know had a big big blow in in terms of of crowds and and all that kind of stuff, and the W League have has unfortunately gone down with it, and it's no fault from the W League, but it's yeah we don't have to point things at the FFA, but they've done a really good job in 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 promoting the Matildas and getting them to where they are in the eyes of the fans and, and the sponsors and everything. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my number one pick for the best sporting brand examples turnaround since the 2000s or the start of, of the millennium. Next week, um, yeah, I'll have a think about what I'm going to have next week as my list. Um, happy to take um, some suge- suggestions. Um, it can be specific to one to one sport or one area, whatever it may be. I'll come up with a good one and and yeah, have some good reasons for that as well. And if you have your own um, own examples or own you know, if you have your own list regarding this topic today, feel free to to send it through. Um, yeah, I've got I've got Instagram for for my podcast. It's Instagram. They do at D-F-Y-P-Sports So don't forget your podcast is what it stands for So at D-F-Y-P-Sports That's my Insta account um, I'll be posting very shortly Just this, this first episode um, And I've got a Twitter handle as well A newly created Twitter handle It's also at D-F-Y-P-Sports um, The D-F-Y-P is in capitals I wanted to do that for the Insta as well But I just couldn't So yeah leave me a comment on on a, either of those um I may be looking into a into a Facebook account soon depending on how it goes with these these handles here um these accounts and yeah I am filming I am not filming like I said earlier I'm recording this on Anchor if you haven't got the app it's a really easy way to to produce podcasts actually very easy um you can leave me a message I believe a voice message so it's just anchor dot fm at dfy sports marketing slash slash message um, and yeah you can leave a you can leave I guess a voice a voicemail type of thing if that, in in terms of a question so and I'll answer that most definitely being the first week I probably won't get many if any at all but going forward that's a possibility um yeah so next week I'll be talking about. Whatever comes up in the news this week, there's a lot coming up I know the NBA is starting, might move on to a different sport, uh, might have a bit of a chat about AFL, perhaps, or maybe the F1s are doing some great things as well, you know, with, with their Grand Prix that, that they're doing without any fans, but they're putting on some good spectacles there, word of the, of the week, spectacle. Um, and yeah, that's it. that's it for week one um, Obviously no questions for this week But I hope you've enjoyed this podcast And I will be looking forward to, to next week I hope you are too Thank you very much